Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Growing Up 8 podcast. I'm your host, David Youngblood, and today's episode is entitled, The Belt Will Wail Tonight, Crime and Punishment. Not everything goes according to plan, as Scottish poet Robert Burns reminds us in his poem, To a Mouse. The best laid schemes of mice and men gang after glay, and learn us naught but grief and pain for promised joy. And so, though we dug tunnels in the front yard, drove over one another on our bicycles, jumped from rooftops, sharpened rubber suction-tipped arrows into lethal weapons, were nearly hung by attaching a real parachute to the back of a bike, climbed fences, suffered innumerable self and sibling-inflicted injuries, we were never able to completely escape the crushing responsibility that comes with being found out. I guess when you're young, fate, justice, and karma give up their religious differences to work hand in protective hand. Discipline took several forms in our household, much of it depending upon who the disciplinarian was, what the crime was, and who among the tribesmen was in trouble. Though, truth be told, it was rare for there to be a single transgressor, since most of our sins were committed with multiple confederates. We reasoned that if we were fun, if were, it were fun for one, it would likely be twice the fun for two, etc. As responsibility for transgressions were meted out, we soon realized that the mental aspect of punishments were far worse than the physical ones. Spankings, belts, kneeling in corners on linoleum floors became preferable to groundings, being sent to your room for reflection, and the guilt-ridden, weary-eyed look of disappointment. Though to be fair, all were tried to various degrees and successes. The rules we endured and the boundaries that were set for us were not unfair expectations in the least. In fact, since we were new to being children and our parents were new to being parents, the system that organically took place allowed us a plenteous amount of freedom that often stopped just shy of the chaos that ensues without the rules and boundaries. We were careful watchers of our parents, as most children are, with a highly attuned sense organ for hypocrisy. Their example became our life choices, and though closely inspected, they were consistent and as true exemplars as one could hope for. It is also true that we both watched and watched over one another. There always seems to be among us a concern of how an action might impact the brother or sister next to you taking part. How much could we stand them being punished as opposed to just focusing on our own consequences? Unlike Cain, we all took our role as keeper of our fellow tribesmen as an unspoken obligation. It was simply part of what you had to do. It was understood that even as you watched their back, they were watching yours. And while skating pretty close to the edge at times, even going past it on occasion, you rarely did so without someone else's measured consideration and counsel. Douglas, our eldest brother, developed what is, to the best of my knowledge, the perfect flowchart of consideration when it came to evaluating the calculus of crime and punishment. His ten-point system covered nearly all phases of our childhood and early adolescence. It was a system he devised while spending time reflecting on one of the sundry crimes he was punished by through being sent to his room to reflect on the transgression. The reflection option for punishing misbehavior was not without its risk to the enforcer. Time alone meant time not only to reflect on what you had done wrong, but also provided the opportunity to improve upon the execution of the crime should future occasion arise. What Doug settled on was a series of questions to ask yourself when faced with the weight of choice to violate a rule, whether said rule was stated or implied. Number one, 
What went wrong? Number two, how could I have gotten caught? Number three, was there anything I could do to repeat the escapade but make it seem like a first-time offense if caught again? Number four, is there anything I would do differently next time to avoid detection or capture? Number five, was it fun? Number six, would it be more fun with other participants? Number seven, if the answer to the preceding question was yes, which ones? Number eight, was the crime worth the punishment? Number nine, are there any lessons learned that I could pass down to the young siblings? And number 10, would it be fun to do tomorrow? His list served as a valuable, though unwritten, document that most of us followed with innocent fidelity. It was rare that the discipline or the needed out punishments did any harm. It was also rare that we failed to learn something from the choices we made individually, collectively, choices be they noticed or not.